The following program has been pre-recorded. On this episode of Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults, uh, Miss Joan Watson, who also works for the diocese, does a lot of she does a little bit of everything. Is what we're finding out. So we do three minute theology for the diocese. One of the fifth grade teachers here in Nashville at St. Bernard, they would watch the latest episode, and I went and talked to her class, and you would have thought that I was like a rock star. <laughs> how how like, many autographs? They were so I mean... excited. It was like the best day of my life. Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. Belonging is a place where young adults can find connection, rest, and encouragement on their journey with Jesus Christ. And each week we cover different topics, uh, detailing different parts of young adult life, whether it be relationships or financing or, or budgeting. Uh, but we have different guests come on and interview each week, and we're always joined by Father Gervon from University Catholic and working for the diocese. Uh, but this week we have a very special guest, uh, Miss Joan Watson, who also works for the diocese. Does a lot of she does a little bit of everything, is what we're finding out. Uh, and then sometimes she sleeps in between. Uh, Joan, thank you for being on here today. Thank you for having me. I understand you know Father very well. We've worked together for a while. Yes, we did. And I think she's really glad that she had 10 times more time on this show than she has on the three minutes theology. So she normally does three minute theology. Yeah, 10 times more. Huh? Wow. And so you're getting, you're getting better. Yeah, yeah. They're letting me graduate to yep. longer amounts of time. Well, tell us about that. How did that start off. for you, your program, Three Minutes? So we do three-minute theology for the diocese. It's part of our outreach in religious formation. The goal of three-minute theology is really, I think in some ways it's twofold. Um, it's really to teach people about the faith in small nuggets of time, right? So you don't need an hour. You don't need a doctoral class. Hmm. We just give you three minutes of something about some aspect of Catholic theology. So part of the goal is just to get that out, right? To form people to at a place where they already are, right? Like, one of our taglines one time was formation where you are, because that's where people are, right? They're in front of their screens. So part of the goal of three-minute theology is simply just to, you know, say, well, have you ever wondered why we believe that Mary was assumed into heaven? Well, here's three minutes, and you have three minutes. Then I think the second fold, the, the second goal is then you can share that. You know, we always have people who wonder why Catholics do the crazy things people we do. People aren't Catholic, probably. Yeah, yes, yeah, Catholic, and, and sometimes Catholics, yeah. too, right? Like, why do we do that, right? Um, and I think sometimes three theology is an easy way to share that with your friends and family. Um, we did an episode uh, on why I have to go to Mass. That was one of our more popular episodes, I think, because people... All the moms giving to the kids. <laughs> they could share is, it, right? Is, yeah. Right? Like, you don't want to tell people they have to go to Mass, but I can share it on my Facebook page, right? So I think it's that twofold that we want to form people, but we also want to give people the ability to kind of share it and evangelize on their own social media um, mm. sites as and well. And why three minutes? 
So my good friend Bill Staley came up with Three Minute Theology, actually the name of it, the idea of it, and um, I think he really likes alliteration, which is why I think we got three. <laughs> he just likes Three Minute Theology. But we also knew it was kind of a nice, short, everybody can take three minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Although now people are like, I don't know, I think you should do one minute theology. I'm like, are you Ooh. kidding me? Um, but I, it's funny because a c- bunch of studies have come out since we started doing it, saying that three minutes is kind of like the key, mo- you know, even Facebook kind of says, like, mm-hmm. did you watch more than three minutes, right? So it's kind of a key a key measuring stick. But we just did it because we liked the way it sounded. Right. Yeah. Well, starting just at the beginning of your of your ministry here, I don't I just turned 24 here recently, so I'm, I'm still a spring chicken. Where, I'm curious, where were you at when you were 24? I had just graduated from grad school with my master's in theology and thought, what the heck am I going to do with a master's in theology, right? Mm. That's what everyone who gets their master's in theology wonders. Yes. Um, unless you're a priest and then you kind of well, know, yeah. right? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I thought, well, I guess I'll teach in a school. That seems to make sense. So I actually reached out to the Nashville Dominicans, and they actually had a position open at Aquinas College. And so I came down here to work at Aquinas in forming catechists as a little baby. I don't think many people I was teaching knew I was 24, but (laughs) I think I I hit it well. Um, But I hope. What did you think of Aquinas? It was a pretty beautiful Catholic campus there. You started Aquinas, right? Yeah, yeah. I was there about five years ago. We share the Aquinas connection. Yes, it's it's beautiful. It is a beautiful campus right in the heart of Nashville, Mm -hmm. right? You wouldn't even think. It's hidden off the Dominican campus there. My sister actually went to school there um, just before entering the convent. Now she's a sister with the Nashville Dominicans. So I actually had been to Aquinas many times. Um, I gave up my senior year prom. Was it my senior year prom? Because my sister was graduating from Aquinas. So rather than going to my senior year prom, I was at Aquinas' <laughs> gymnasium watching my sister graduate. Back when they had a gym. Oh, my yes, gosh. Yeah. And a basketball like, team yes, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so I had been at Aquinas before, um, but I was really blessed to work there for six years for, this, for the sisters before coming to the diocese. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a so, long time to be there. Yeah. Did you see the beautiful adoration? Was the adoration chapel there at the it time? It was not. Oh, it was not. Okay. Yeah. So that campus has changed a lot over yeah, the years. Yeah, it's definitely grown. And yeah. kind of sad to see how it's gone away yeah. now. But a beautiful testimony to, like, to Nashville and the Dominican campus there, all the sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, so you do the three-minute theology, so that's three minutes per week. So what else do you do in the diocese? Nothing. I just, it was three minutes. That's, <laughs> that's all I do. That's what I found. No. <laughs> <laughs> so my title is I'm Director of Faith Formation, and sometimes people think that's a certain age group, but it's really everybody, right? So everybody needs faith formation. So I look after kind of the faith formation efforts of the parishes. So work closely with the DREs who are doing religious formation for those kids who don't may not go to Catholic school. What is a DRE? Oh, thank you. A DRE is a director of religious education. So Ooh. they are usually at the parish and in charge of making sure there's religious formation for kids, usually kids who are going to public schools and might not get religious formation at their schools. Um, doing things like sacrament prep, um, RCIA sometimes. So my my scope of you know students runs from preschoolers to you know people who are 105, right? Because we never stop learning about the faith. Mm. So so did you move on to the diocese after you left Aquinas? Did you work immediately transition? I did, and I originally started as director of adult formation. Mm. So I really concentrated on the efforts of. That I like to say like the average person sitting in the pew yeah. who may not have had religious formation since they were in confirmation class or since they graduated from JP2 or Father Ryan, right? <laughs> and so now it's like, what more, you know, is there anything else? So I would do things like write Bible studies. Three Minute Theology came out during this time. 
Um, so a lot of just focusing on the formation of adults mm. who, you know, I think sometimes people do think like I've graduated and I'm done, right? I have my confirmation certificate. It's over. So really helping people realize you're not finished. And it was funny because when I started that job um, and then eventually transitioned into becoming director of faith formation as a whole, um, I would tell people like Catholics, well, I'm the director of adult formation. And everybody would be like, oh, RCIA. I'm like, <laughs> No, no, people like you, actually. Like, I get to do formation for you. you the one who needed most. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's why I have my job forever. Right. <laughs> Sinner. It was funny because when I tell non-Catholics, when I tell, like, our Christian brothers and sisters, Protestant brothers and sisters, they got it because they had adult formation. They had what they'd call Sunday school. And so whenever I told a non-Catholic I'm director of adult formation, they would be like, oh, okay. And RCIA. the Catholics would be like, what? RCIA? Like, no, no. The average Catholic sitting in you. have a person to work just with RCIA? Yeah. <laughs> I think people a lot of times don't know why we do certain things in the liturgy. You know, like they go to Sunday Mass every week, but they don't know why. I think the whys are really, sometimes there's like, like we just have always done it this way, right? Um, and sometimes people don't even know, like, is this something we just do or is this something the church does, right? Um, so I think the whys behind things are, are, there's often a gap in knowledge. And I love kind of exp- showing the why because people, you see the light bulb go off in people's heads, right? Like, why does the church teach X, Y, Z? And you might just think, oh, it's this outdated church teaching, or this is something we've always done. And then to give them the why, and they can see that it's, first of all, rational, or it's scriptural, you see this light bulb go off that it's not just the church sitting around saying, you know, it would really make people's lives miserable. Let's teach this, right? Um, But actually, like, it will actually give people more life and and give people the flourishing of life. So I I love teaching the whys. And I think sometimes because we we often don't graduate, you know, we, we have religious formation through high school and then we're done and I'm using air quotes because we're not done um, I think we often don't get the why because religious formation as a child you know just like any is this is the fact right but as adults we can kind of go it more deeper into it and see this is the why so I think sometimes the why of what we teach and what we believe is a gap in people's knowledge yeah and I think that's the, the that's the beauty of our faith because if you really stop and think about it you, there is always a why yes why do we do mass well because that's Jesus you know what yes. Jesus told us you do this in memory of me well, what does that mean you know so I think it's 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 beautiful for our faith because you know a lot of times c- people come talk to me it's like I don't believe this or I don't believe this or it's just like like you say you know the church is old or whatever but then it's like let's go through this mm-hmm. and then, and then waste time with those people and say hey there's a reason for everything mm-hmm. there's a, we- a reason that we you know from why do a priest wear a white alb. Mm-hmm. Because there's our baptismal vest. Yeah. And that's what allows us to be, you know, so like all that kind of stuff. There's a three-minute theology on vestments, if anybody wants to watch that. Can you stop Uh, doing (laughs) advertising your product? But I know, I I mean, I agree. I think that's why I'm not afraid of people asking questions. Maybe if a young adult has real questions about the faith or about life, we should never be be scared of people asking questions because there are answers to those mm, questions. And absolutely. it might require reading. It might require research. It might require studying. But there are answers. And so I never get nervous. I love, like... I love the, I, my assistant has to tell me to stop reading comments on Facebook and YouTube <laughs> because I'll get all these comments and she's like, no, just don't look at it, Joan, like move on. And I'm like, I want to answer these people's questions because they have questions of, of why and their answers. So it's, it's interesting. I think sometimes we as Catholics forget that we need that ongoing formation. So mm-hmm. I started doing that. Now I do that as well as kind of the parish religious education side. During coronavirus, 
pandemic, you did some Bible studies. I did. I loved that. So every Tuesday and Thursday, we would talk, and I went through the epistles, the you know First and Second Peter. I went through First, Second, Third John, and it was great because each day we'd tackle a chapter, we'd read it together. I would kind of dis- you know dissect it and talk about it. We had great you know feedback on the chat and Facebook Live, so it was really fun, and I actually really missed that. We did another one. By the time I came back to the office, I was missing it, and so we went through the Book of Tobit, and that was really fun. But it could only be three weeks when I really wanted to stretch it out. Um, so I hope to do it again, because Bible study, scripture study is what I really concentrated on in my grad studies, and scripture study is really where my heart is. So you've been working like, a lot with like young adults, it sounds like, exactly the audience that we're trying to reach to. I don't know, where did, where did you see they were at in life? I don't know, in the diocese. Like, I know you talked about that with three-minute theologies, meeting them where they're at, but th- did you find it hard to reach out to adults uh, as far as like wh- where they were at in life, as far as finding work or... Like you said, once you finish either confirmation or, or high school or college, it's like you're done. You don't need to do anything anymore. But were you able to reach out to people and in their lives? Do you think? I hope so. I think sometimes, and maybe Corona helped with this. I think sometimes we're so busy hmm. that we it our faith and our formation kind of gets the back burner because yeah. Jesus isn't standing at the door like, "Hello, I'm here," right? And so we can kind of forget that that's important, hmm. and we fill our lives with the stuff on our calendars. Um, I actually encourage people to write on their calendar prayer time, you know, spiritual reading, because we get what stuff on our calendar, we we get that stuff done, yeah. right? Like yeah. we make time for that. Um, and so I think sometimes it's hard for me to reach people because people think they don't need it or they just don't have time for it. When they all you really have to do, like I encourage people, if you don't read scripture every day, read five minutes. Everybody has time to read five minutes of scripture. Mm. That's better than nothing, right? So before you go to bed at night, crack open your Bible and read five minutes. Um, And so helping people, I hope I can help people find time or find ways that you don't, I'm not asking you to go back to school and get your master's in theology, Mm -hmm. but to begin to open your, your, your mind to where can I pray and where can I, you know, seek formation? Because I know people are busy, right? We're all busy. And that was kind of the nice thing about Corona for, for some people is that all of a sudden they had more time on their hands. And I think that's one reason the Bible studies were so successful is that people were ready for, and I think it also helped us face what was most important in our lives Mm -hmm. and, and our relationship with Christ. And where is that? And I know that one time I, I shared with you, I used to teach theology at Father Ryan, and one day I asked, I don't know exactly what it was, but the was a group presentation. They actually had one of your videos on the presentation. Oh, the nice. So I was like, well, this is good, because it, they found it, you know? Yes, yes. It was, it's there, and they found it, so that was pretty cool, too. Yeah. It's fun to hear stories from people. Um, and she's really famous. You know, when we go like to NCYC and she's like, oh, she's the three. That's not oh, true. That's not it true. It is true. It is so true. not true. Uh, but it was, it was funny. One of the, um, one of the fifth grade cl- teachers here in Nashville at St. Bernard's, she had started finding Three Minute Theology videos and she started showing them to her class. And every week they would watch the latest episode. She had no idea that I was here in Nashville. And so she ended up finding out that I was here in Nashville, reached out to me, and I went and talked to her class. And you would have thought that I was like a rock star. How, how like, many autographs do you They were so I mean... excited. They requested what cardigan I would wear because their favorite one was the blue one. And so they requested that I wear it. was hilarious. It was like the best day of my life. And I walked in and they were like, ah, Miss Watson. And it was really fun. I got to answer. They made me a three minute theology episode of their own. It was adorable. That oh. is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, she's famous. So, yeah. you know, when you go around, it's like, you know, I work in that. Oh, yeah. Jane Watson. You know her? It's like, actually, I know her. That's so I humble. Her. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Um, but you've been doing a lot of work with, with churches as well. I guess speaking at them, um, I know mm-hmm. at, at ours at St. Lawrence out there in, 
in Jolton, Tennessee, where the ice cream never works at the McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> you know why is that? Why? Because they have to clean the machine. I, l- I learned that. Really? So they start to clean. It takes forever. <laughs> so they... Yeah, they have to start to clean the machine. I work in a restaurant. So they have to start to clean the machine earlier so they can leave whenever the shift is over. It's awful. So it's always being cleaned. Yeah. You could never eat ice cream? Yeah. That's strange. I think you're making this up. Anyways, going back to... (laughs) (laughs) They've been cleaning it for about three years now, I think. (laughs) At least it's clean. It's clean. (laughs) Um, Have you been leading a lot of retreats and whatnot for parishes around the diocese to ask you to? That's another thing I love. I love going out. Three-minute theology is lovely, but I'm also looking at a camera versus looking at people. And so I love going out to parishes and giving retreats. I was at St. Lawrence giving the um, liturgical minister's retreat. Anytime I can help the diocese in that way, because sometimes speakers are, you know, expensive or hard to get, and I love being the person that gets to go out and serve the parishes. Good to know. So, can you tell us yes. about Theology on Tap as well? Has that been going well? Are you, are you a big part of that? So I'm just a speaker. So it's um, at some of the parishes. So we're doing it in Nashville now, which is really exciting. And we're doing it at St. <laughs> Phillips. And do they do it at St. Rose? I don't know. They yes. do it in another parish. I have to tell the story about Theology on Tap. Can I tell that story? No, this is my interview, not <laughs> oh, yours. No, I'm just kidding. You can go right ahead. <laughs> so of course, Father. I, I, asked, I asked Jenny to come and do the Terminus Theology. And then she said she couldn't. No, so theology on tap. Th- I mean, sorry, <laughs> theology on tap. <laughs> it's all this alliteration. It's just the whole theology <laughs> thing, you know. But anyways, I and she said that she couldn't. So I asked the bishop. So the bishop was her backup. Yep, that's my claim so, to fame. The yeah, so that's how famous she is. <laughs> that's the beauty of the Catholic faith, though, is that, is that it's out there. Yes, everybody's kind of drilling in their heads. Yes. When you said you're reading the YouTube and Facebook comments, uh, is there things that are most popular on there that you're finding as far as questions? From our non-Catholic brothers and sisters, it's always Mary, always Mary and the really? saints. It's almost cliche sometimes, you know, their, their, their thoughts or their arguments. Um, I've yet to see something that's like, wow, I've never heard that before, right? Because a lot of people have kind of the same... Um, the same arguments against Mary. Just this morning, somebody, we had an episode on the queenship on the coronation of Mary as queen of heaven and earth. And, you know, I got the old, well, she has to have died and been buried or else she'd be God. And I was like, okay, what about Elijah? You know, Elijah, right in scripture, he didn't die and he wasn't buried, right? Or what about Enoch? Hebrews tells us that Enoch walked with God and did not see death. So just to kind of it's, it's interesting because I sometimes get down a rabbit hole where I'm trying to like research answers to these people's questions. But um, I, I always try to affirm if they say something that I believe as well, right? Mary's not God. I always start, you're right. Mary's she not God, not right? God. Like I yes. want to clarify that that's not what I'm saying, you know? So I can always usually find some some place where we agree and then go from there. Like I, I you know, you're right. I absolutely do not believe Mary is God. But... Just, you know, and so kind of clarifying our teaching. Um, every once in a while, we'll just have some crazy, you know, like high school boy troll that's like, you're the best. This one guy was like, you saved me from my fear of balloons. And I was like, what? So I, I saved you that welcome. comment because I was you like, welcome. that's amazing. So I, I saved that. But every once in a while, I get a great comment like that. But uh, I think, you know, some kid had to watch it for school and felt the need to <laughs> troll me. Yeah, I think that, isn't it uh, Funtoshi that said, People don't hate the Catholic Church. They hate what they, what they think, be, what they they think that the Catholic yes. Church is. Yeah, they hate what they believe we are. Yeah, yeah what they think we are. So um, is the term veneration for Mary then? Is that, that's, that's the correct, correct way to say it, right? Yes, yeah. we venerate Mary. Mm-hmm. We only adore God. Mm-hmm. We venerate 
tolerating. And that's why we have to be studying and we understand our faith. It's like, no, what you're saying is not right because you were you, maybe the meaning, you know, but it's like the, the words, words have meanings. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? It, it, it's important that we say the right things. Mm -hmm. Yes. They, yeah. They, like praying, that's another thing. Like because we pray to Mary, Hmm. They they believe we worship Mary, and so kind of getting into the idea that we are that prayer is actually just a conversation, and that we're not worshiping her. It might be it might be you know better to say like we pray with her, but that idea that like prayer doesn't necessarily connotate worship or adoration, um, but that we're actually praying to her to ask for her to pray for us as well. Hmm. Um, so yeah, just that kind of that nuance of language. A lot of people think we you know because we light candles in front of statues, we're worshiping them, and to kind of you know, to, to kind of tease that out for people to help them see. Um, and most of the comments that I get that are, are argumentative or that are, you know, are from non-Catholics. And so it does help, I think, sometimes just to kind of explain. Most of the time the Catholics are like, I've never heard this, or I've never, thank you for, for, for talking about this because it's never been put this way before and things like that. So. One of the things, that, one of the books is really good for that is Catholicism for Dummies. Mm, yes. You know, and it yeah. was funny one time at Father Ryan, there was this kid, we were doing a confirmation preparation. I said, here is the book. He's like, Father just said, it's fine. Let's go through the book, you know, because you have a lot of stuff. And especially if you're a creator Catholic, that I don't really know why is that. You know, a lot of times, you know, people are getting married to people who are not Catholic, and then they start to ask the questions, like, mm -hmm. why do you do that? I don't know. That's mm -hmm. what we do. It's just the beauty of the, of the liturgy and the Catholic faith. There is a reason for everything that we do. Mm -hmm. There's a really great book, I recommend it to everybody who has questions about the Mass, called the Jew Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. And the, the author, Brant Beatrie, talks about how he was always Catholic, but it was when he went to, he was dating this girl that wasn't Catholic, and she had all these questions, and then they went to her pastor, and her pastor just like lambasted him with questions about the Catholic faith, and he was like, why can't I answer these questions? And he was a good, you know, a good Catholic kid. Mm. And so it really started him, you know, researching more. Um, and the book is fantastic because it really shows the, the Jewish roots of what we do at Mass. But I, I'll always remember that story that sometimes it's our, you know, non-Catholic spouse or our non-Catholic friends who just uh, sometimes are just asking out of curiosity. And it helps us realize, I don't know why I do that. Maybe I should look that up. Yeah. You know? uh, one of the things that I've been really praying about in everything is that for 1,500 years, everybody believed in the true presence of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And it was only this... 500 years ago that people said like no that's not really mm -hmm. Jesus Christ you know yeah. it's not the real presence it's just a symbol yeah you know? and sometimes just talking about history can yes. really open people's eyes that, like, like, I oh. believe in the Bible it's like wow we put that together <laughs> check you know so you get that yeah, yeah get that character <laughs> so it's just, yeah. but that kind of thing is it really really I, I preached this about this last week you know when the gospel was this Sunday last Sunday uh, you appeared upon this this rock I will build my church. And I was like, people, if you understand, if you believe in the Bible and you understand this, you know, where are St. Peter's bones? At St. Peter Basilica in yeah, Rome. Yeah. So it's just kind of in it for 1,500 years. And that, I mean, I'm going to say that all the time. But with 1,500 years, everybody believed in the true presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Yeah. yeah. So. Th speaking She's going to say, gospel, well, I have, so, a, no, I have a three minute theology do. about this. I actually have a really awesome three minute theology that we filmed in Rome in front of St. Peter's Basilica. So check that out. Our Rome episodes are my favorite. What is the, um, what is the website again? Three, the number three, three minute theology.com. So the number three minute theology.com. Um, but can I say something about the gospel yes, really can. fast? So what reminded me, 
Um, when you said that the Sunday's gospel was you are Peter on this rock, I will build my church. Another thing I get to do with my job is take people on pilgrimage. And so we lead diocesan pilgrimages, and one of the places we go is the Holy Land. And we actually can, go... Can you take me next time as your chaplain? You've asked that. Yeah. I, know, I have to ask now on record. I have my chaplain's book. That, well, right now we're stuck here, right? Whoa. We can't go anywhere. But um, but one of, the re- one of the places we go is the Holy Land. And we went up to Caesarea Philippi, and we were actually standing in front of this huge rock face... Um, which is where there was a temple to Pan, and and they called it the gates of hell. And that's where Jesus was saying that. So he's standing in front of this enormous rock. It's the head of the Jordan River, and he's standing at a place called the gates of hell, and that's where he says to Peter, you are rock, and on this rock I will build my church. And so one of the things I love about my job is taking people to the Holy Land, taking people to Rome, where they can really experience the faith tangibly. And so now, like as I heard the gospel, I thought every single person that went with me on pilgrimage is picturing that place. And um, and I think that's the beauty of our faith is that it's a very tangible faith that Scripture comes alive. And in the, on those trips, I hear every single hour, I never knew that, or no one ever told me that, or and it's. For That's me, my favorite. Yeah, for Just, me, after being the Holy Land, reading the gospel is a change forever, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I've been to the place that Jesus multiplied the bread. I've been to the, you know, the opera room. I, so it, it yeah. just kind of gives you, you that visual. yes, you just yeah. like, whoa. And one thing I wasn't prepared for, because everybody kind of says that, right? You're in the, they call the Holy Land the fifth gospel. So you're in the land, you, you, you can immediately picture the land as you read the scriptures. I wasn't ready for, I knew scripture would change. I wasn't ready for the liturgical year to change. And so like for Christmas to change and Easter to change and just to, you know, you experience the whole liturgical year and the whole life of the church differently because you've been there. And I think um, the, 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 the beauty as well is you when you go to the, you know, Gethsemane, you read the gospel of that place. Yes. You know, so it doesn't matter what time of the year it is. So if you go to Gethsemane, you, you, you read the gospel of the Passion. If you go to the upper room, you do the gospel. So you do yeah. the mass of the of the of Pentecost. Mm. And like if you go in Bethlehem, in you Bethlehem, celebrate Christmas yes. mass. And it's like, awesome. Yes. It's October that, yes. and you're celebrating Christmas. Wow. Yeah. We actually both um, all three times I've gone, we've gotten to celebrate mass actually in the tomb of Christ. So the tomb of Christ is very small, only about thirty people fit in. They close the door, they give you like twenty four minutes to celebrate mass. So you're celebrating mass in the tomb of Christ and you're celebrating Easter Mass. And it's just Life can never be the same after yeah. being in the tomb and celebrating Easter Mass. Um, I think for me, when I went to Bethlehem, I got you know to the rock. It, it, it was like, whoa! It was Christmas Eve. Oh my gosh! So yeah. it was my first yeah. Christmas Eve as a priest. <laughs> That's my birthday. Wow! So I just got there and I was like, Jesus was born here. Whoa! You know, so that, 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 like, whoa. Yeah. And then, you know, it was after Mass. We have all the priests had to move, and then I came back at 3 in the morning. And I was like, here. Christ was born here. Yeah. Wow. So it, it, it's that kind of experience. Yeah. So. so I completely derailed the conversation, and now we're talking about the Holy Land. But it's one of my no, favorite topics. Beautiful. So <laughs> When is your next pilgrimage? Well, we wanted to go to the Holy Land next spring, but we're probably going to push it back um, because of COVID. So we were supposed to go to France this fall in the Holy Land next spring and then Rome next fall, but everything's kind of getting shifted around. Oh, the information around. you can find at 3minutestheology.com. They can find it at the diocesan website. Dioceseofnashville.com. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Once we post the dates, so we have to get the dates all, you know, solidified. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Joan, for so, being here today. Oh, my gosh. You're welcome. Wow. I'm ready now, to come Now back. you can put that on your... <laughs> 
Dunleys, you met John <laughs> Watson. Brother. Brother. Oh my no, this was great. Thank you. No, you're amazing. Wow. It was fun. The, the, I told you. The chemistry Don't let her is know. real. Wow. Um, <laughs> let's do it again. Yeah, let's yeah, do it. I, I just so. invited myself back. <laughs> Absolutely. We can, we can. We it's can. on air now. Hey, you hey, yeah. It's on record. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you to everyone okay. in, our, in our listening audience. Remember, you can always tune in at 100.5 FM, WBOU.org, or the uh, smart speaker by saying, play Nashville Catholic Radio. Special thank you to Father Javon. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. On the next Belonging, the show for young Catholic adults. I like to refer to myself as a unicorn because I'm a native Nashville black Catholic. This week we're joined by Miss Courtney Barnes. I've just always kind of seen race through a Catholic optic. If there was ever going to be a place in the world where people could actually get beyond all the tensions, it would have to be church. Like no other place would it ever work. Thursday at 11 a.m. on WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio.